0: Hi, everyone. This is Eric Martins from the band Mr. Big,
1: the handsome one that stands right in the middle.
0: That's me. And you're listening to Music Mania Podcast. Thank you so much, man. I
1: I love talking about the things that I love, Clint. And for you to allow me to do it with you, uh, I am the Music Mania podcaster.
0: You are the best you got. We roll tonight to the guitar fight, and for those about to rock, I salute you. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal? Scream from me, Brazil! Scream from me, Brazil! We rock! You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Switzer. And we are skyrocketing into the spring and summer months here on the Musemania podcast. I am your host, Clint Switzer, and we have a very special show today because as of tomorrow, it will mark the 10-year anniversary of Ronnie James Dio's death, May 16th, 2010. It's An occasion that I still remember where I was when it happened. I knew Ronnie was sick, that he had been in the hospital, that he had been diagnosed with stomach cancer. And I remember being at a bar in the small town of Clinton, Missouri, just a small hole in the wall bar. I remember getting a text from my friend. This is before smartphones. So you weren't just always on your phone looking at social media and having all that access. So I get a text from a friend and it said, Ronnie has passed away. And its I, I remember being kind of under the influence, kind of stumbling outside in the bar, looking up into this uh, cold, dark night and really wondering if this was the case. And I remember going home later that night and doing some internet research, finding out that uh, the rumors were in fact true and just being so disheartened because I've always been such a fan of Dio, his era in Black Sabbath, his time in Rainbow, um, and of course his Dio band. Holy Diver is quite frankly one of my favorite metal albums of all time, and I had just seen Dio live with Heaven and Hell the summer previous to that, so it was all, you know, a very you know disheartening time and here we are to think ten years later, man time is certainly a strange mistress, but we're not going to do this alone because the Dio family is far-reaching, so this week on the Music Media podcast, we're going to be welcoming drummer Vinny Apice, yes, formerly of, uh, gosh, he's played with guys like Rick Derringer, of course, he was in Sabbath with uh, Ronnie James Dio, and then kind of left Sabbath with Ronnie to... Form Dio, and then later was also a part of Heaven and Hell, uh, which was of course, um, you know, right before Ronnie died, 2006 to 2010, uh, Heaven and Hell reformed with Geezer Butler, Tony Iommi. They did several tours and an album together called The Devil You Know. We're going to be talking with Vinny about um, a new Dio tribute video, which is going to be launching here on Saturday, which is the 10th anniversary of his death. He's doing it with his brother Carmine, another famous drummer, of course. If you know Carmine, he has several hits with Rod Stewart. Of course, you may know him from King Cobra. But the uh, Epicy Brothers also did an album together called Sinister back in 2017. So they've been working together off and on. And uh, it's amazing to see two drummers and two brothers sort of tackle this. uh, And also lyrics have been uh, written by Paul Shortino. So I can't wait to see this video. We're going to be talking to him and getting some more information about it. Uh, We actually did this via a a Zoom conference. So if you want to check out the video, just go to our website, ignitroentertainment.com, and you can check out the video uh, of this interview, which was really cool. We had Vinny on back in 2015. I mean, he was one of our first major guests that we had here on the podcast. So it's going to be tremendous to catch back up with Vinny, talk some Last in Line, what's uh, the status of the new album there, what's he been doing during this pandemic, all the questions, they will all be answered here as we pay tribute to Ronnie James Dio 10 years after he died, and in fact, I remember the first concert... That I went to after Ronnie passed. This would have been just a few weeks later, uh, maybe as much as a month later. Uh, my friends and I were on vacation. Uh, we went to Seattle. This group of three buddies and I would uh, take a trip somewhere every summer, and this so happened to coincide with uh, Iron Maiden's um, Final Frontier Tour And uh, at the White River Amphitheater in Auburn, Washington. I remember what a beautiful setting it was. Just an amazing concert. None of my friends had seen Iron Maiden before, And before Iron Maiden took the stage, you know, they always do the big doctor, doctor, UFO uh, playing over the loudspeakers and get people pumped for the show. Well, prior to that, they played uh, Dio's Rainbow in the Dark and it just rang out over this crowd and it was a sellout crowd and it was massive and people lost their minds to show what kind of respect that the people had for Ronnie and his talents and his music and the years he gave to the hard rock community, the way he treated his fans, the way he was with people. Uh, There's never going to be another Ronnie James Dio, and we are absolutely honored to be paying tribute to him here on the Music Mania podcast um, just the day before the 10-year anniversary of his death and the day before that um, Carmine and Vinny, that their video is going to launch. So stay tuned to details for that. Uh, Be checking out YouTube. It's going to be probably popping up on there uh, tomorrow. So without further ado, we want to take you to our interview this week with none other than... Drummer extraordinaire Vinny Appice. Man, how's it going? It's it's uh it's been like five years since we've had you on. It's great to great to see you, man. How's everything going?
1: Everything's going good. A little slower than usual, but <laughs> what the hell? Well,
0: yeah. Well, uh, obviously we're going to talk about uh, you and your brother and the and the Dio tribute video coming up. But uh, what what else have have you been up to these last few months? It's, it's <laughs>
1: well, crazy. we're doing. Uh, we we started finishing uh, working on this third album for Last in Line, and uh, we're about halfway through, and then we, you know, came across this, and we're at a standstill a little bit, so we're starting up on that again, and hopefully we'll get this thing finished in, in probably two months, you know, and things will get back to normal uh, toward the end of the year, so see what happens.
0: That is definitely the hope, of course, um, you know, Heavy Crown was the first one, then you had the, the follow-up. Uh, both produced, I think, by Jeff Pilsen, good friend of ours. And uh, is Jeff going to be involved in this one as well? Or, or what's going no, on No, actually,
1: because the last one we kind of co-produced it, uh, us right. and Jeff. And then this one's just going to be us pretty Sweet. much. Sweet. It sounds great. Yeah, some great stuff on it. So, Well. oh, so we, good.
0: Excellent. I mean, the, the, the albums are so uniquely different is what I, I love about, uh, about kind of, you know, comparing the two. They're, they're very different. And it's just amazing that this entity has become what it is. Uh, you know Andrew Freeman on vocals, and you know we we've talked to Vivian Campbell about it before. And you know you, you don't you try to get a Dio clone for this no. band, and Andrew Freeman is so perfect and just such a great vocalist in his own right. And you add Phil Susan to the mix, you guys are uh, you know really uh, hitting on all cylinders right now. I think.
1: Yeah, because when we started this thing, it was uh, you know we were looking for a singer. Uh, well, they heard people heard about it, so I was getting emails from a lot of singers going, Hey, I sound just like Ronnie and, and, and sending tapes, uh, you know, MP3s and stuff. And uh, that's what, we really didn't want that. Actually, when Andrew came down, we knew he was the guy. He came down just to jam with us. And uh, cause he's a good friend. And we just went, that's it. You know, but if we were looking, we wouldn't look for somebody that wants to be Ronnie because there's only one Ronnie.
0: Yeah.
1: Somebody sings
0: good, you know. And it's unbelievable as we sit here um, that we're just a – at at the time that this actually airs, it'll be right on the date of um, Ronnie – to the 10-year anniversary of Ronnie's passing, uh, May sixteenth, 2010. Um, And you and your brother have teamed up, and I guess with Paul Shortino, um, who's written the lyrics – Talk right. about this, this new tribute video that you and Carmine have, have worked on and uh, we're all kind of awaiting to, to see what it is. What, what can people kind of expect from this? Like I said, Paul Shortino doing the, the lyrics and just talk about yeah. what this is going to be. We're excited to see it.
1: Uh, well, uh, in 2016, 17, Carmine and I released, what was it, 18? <laughs> you know. 17. So, 17, Carmine yeah. and I released an album together yeah. that we worked on and it's really good. It's called Sinister. Good album, and it's the first album we've done together, full full album. So on that album was a song called "Monsters and Heroes" that carmine had, and they were going to use it for King Cobra. But since he, they didn't use it. uh, carmine played it for me, and I said, "It's a great song. Let's 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 do it ourselves." So uh, the the lyrics are written by Paul Shortino, and they're all about Ronnie. It's like a tribute to Ronnie. So uh, I went ahead and. uh, we edited the drum parts and then this way I could put my drum parts in. And uh, this parts are where I play alone. He plays alone. and then we're together. So it's called Monsters and Heroes. And it and it is a great song. And we played it live. And then the other day we were talking, Carmine and I, about doing a video, maybe releasing one of these virus videos, as you see. Right. And uh, he said, yeah, let's do it. I said, well, let's do Monsters and Heroes. It's kind of the single of the album. And then uh, the next day I realized, oh, wait a minute, Ronnie's anniversary is coming up. How cool is that when we're going to do the song about Ronnie? So, <laughs> uh, so that's, the light bulb went off, and went, let's just promote it and, and, and have a nice tribute for Ronnie on the 16th, which is his 10-year anniversary, you know. So the video is pretty much finished. It's, it looks great, and we're playing, you know, we're playing live, uh, not all at once, but live in each individual location. But it came out great. We're really excited about it. So uh, well, it'll be a nice tribute.
0: Cannot wait to, to to see it, and especially, you know, 10 years. It's unbelievable how fast time goes. And, you know, I think oh, back yeah. to where, where I was when I heard the news. And you worked with Ronnie and so many various incarnations and, and Sabbath. You were there at the genesis of uh, Dio. Uh, You were there at the end. I mean, just talk about Ronnie as a person. Everyone knows how talented and wonderful vocalist he was. Just talk about him as a person. I've never heard a coarse word ever said about Ronnie. Uh, You knew him as well as anyone. Just kind of talk about him as a person and how these 10 years, you know, have have gone for you and and kind of remembering your friend.
1: Well, uh, Ronnie was just uh, very down to earth, very, very, uh, you know, very nice to people. Uh, When he met people, when he met fans, and you told him your name, you could see him a year or two later, he'll remember your name. You know? Mm -hmm. Unlike me, (laughs) (laughs) who forgets right away, you know. Uh, Not on purpose, it's just the way it is. Ronnie remembers everybody's name. And he was always, it made a point of uh, taking care of his fans. On the first Holy Diver Tour we did, you know, we were playing in England, in London, actually, at the Hammersmith and uh after the show you know hanging out upstairs we never left the shows very early we usually partied a little bit in the dressing room and stuff and then uh after we all dried off or partying a little bit they said ronnie there's like 50 kids downstairs waiting for autographs they're outside and it's cold it's january so ronnie said bring them inside the theater so they brought all these kids in the front row seats all the fans and we all went down and signed everything and took pictures for them. And, and, you know, Ronnie loved doing that stuff. It was before the days of paying for a VIP, you know? And uh, so it, it was really cool. So he always took care of his fans and uh, he's down to earth, very down to earth. You know, he liked, he, we had a lot of things in common. Like we both liked to fix things around the house and, Warming, electrical, whatever. We, the number of times, Ronnie and I went to Home Depot <laughs> and bought stuff, <laughs> you know, and I helped him. I'm really into that stuff. I'm into fixing everything, cars, everything. Uh, oh, I'd go over his house. We fixed whatever, you know, and it was cool. So he's very down to earth and uh, musically great ideas, always had ideas and uh, very easy to work with, you know.
0: Well, let's talk about how important those last four years uh, of Ronnie's life were uh, together w- with Heaven and Hell to be able to reform and, and do that and to have had an album co- come out called The Devil You Know, to have the live at Radio City and to do the things that you did, the tours you did. How important was that uh, to be able to have have, have done that? And that really was the very end of, of Ronnie's life, culminated yeah. sort of with with that band, Heaven and Hell. What? How important was that for you guys? Well, we
1: started up. Uh, you know, we started up first. Bill Ward was involved in the in the project. They were releasing uh, Rhino Records wanted to release Dio Years, an album of uh, Black Sabbath songs with Ronnie, and then they suggested uh, it'd be great if you guys wrote an- another couple songs. So they started doing that, and I wasn't involved. It was Bill Ward, but it was taking so long, and spending a lot of money and eventually it didn't work out with bill. And I said, let's get Vinny, you know, and I went in and we did it, you know, we're fast when we work together. And, uh, so that's how I got involved in it again. And that's the first time, you know, I played with Ronnie in a while, maybe six years or something. And Tony and geezer, you know, so we, uh, all hit it off again. It just like picked it up where it left off last time. And, uh, uh, so we started doing that. Then it was like, let's do a tour. Okay, did, did the tour. And Ronnie was really proud because the band was really tight. And we were really playing uh, really well together. It was really powerful. And we were all getting along great. There was no no issues. And that's why that led to an album, The Devil You Know. We did that. And then there was another tour planned. And uh, so he was very, very proud to be back in that band. And with all of us, we were all really good friends. And we were like the second version of Black Sabbath that really, you know, took it a little further. And so it was a nice time in Ronnie's life. He was happy, he was singing. And then, uh, you know, then toward the end, we were scheduled to go out in the summer. But, the you know, January before the summer of 2010, he started getting feeling this, the sickness and having to get treatment and all that. So that put a, the the stop sign came up, you know, couldn't do it. But, so it's
0: kind well, of sad. It, you know. it was, it was so tremendous though, to be able to, I saw that, uh, I think in 08, the Metal Masters tour in, in uh, Hartford. And what a just wonderful thing it was for, I think, a generation of fans that's that there's still a segment of people that don't quite associate do yourself with sabbath for whatever reason uh because yeah, yeah everybody you know ozzy osborne original singers uh, obviously uh but to introduce that later on in ronnie's life to a new generation of fans that had to be amazing as well and the shows were tremendous like you said you guys were so yeah. tight it was it was, was a it a killer so bill
1: Us, uh Judas priest heaven and hell motorhead yeah. and testament
0: Test- testament yeah. yeah
1: can't beat that <laughs> that's a great show
0: well, I mean, you, you guys have done so much together and I, you know, as we also, you know, we're, we're in an age of anniversaries. Everything's an anniversary now. And so we're actually heading towards the 37th anniversary of Holy Diver. How about that? Just in a couple weeks here. So yeah, take me back to the Genesis of that, because you guys are coming off of um, the mob rules album in Sabbath and, you know, riding a solid wave of momentum. You do the live album and then kind of zig when, when people maybe think you're going to zag and you form this band because it was a band, the original Dio, um, the, the album, Holy Diver, you guys were a band and so tight knit Vivian Campbell, Jimmy Bain yourself, just kind of take us through that, the antithesis of that, the genesis of, of the Dio band and kind of the recording of, of Holy yeah. Diver and how important well, we, it's been.
1: We started with just Ronnie and I, you know, Ronnie decided, uh, the Sabbath thing had, some problems and and ronnie wanted to, to leave so uh i left with him and he said he wants to form a band i said great because he always had a record deal uh from warner brothers in the pocket on the side of sabbath he was going to do solo record with friends you know just to, you know and then continue with sabbath but it things turned and changed and uh, he decided i'll use that record deal put a band together and launch my own band you know and so it was just him and I, and we'd go in a rehearsal place and this was in Los Angeles, and we'd play. Ronnie was on bass and singing a little bit, and I was just playing the drums. And we actually had Holy Diver, parts of Holy Diver. That's what we'd jam on. We'd kind of arrange it, and we had no guitar. You know, Sometimes he'd play the guitar, but mainly it was the bass. And then uh, we auditioned some guitar players, and it didn't really... Nothing hit. We even auditioned uh, Jake E. Lee, and uh, Jake was great, but uh, Ronnie started figuring that he wanted a European flavor to the band, like get some musicians from Europe because uh, Rainbow was like half, well, he was in a band with uh, Europeans, (laughs) and then Sabbath was England, so he was always associated with, you know, bands from uh, musicians from overseas. So we flew to England and uh, he called Jimmy Bain, and Jimmy came back a day or two after we got there. And he said, I got this uh, guitar player, Vivian Campbell. He's in Ireland and he's amazing. So Jimmy called Viv. We made arrangements to get together in London at the rehearsal studios to have a play, a jam. And we did that. And it was just like magical. It just sounded so, so good. And Viv was phenomenal. You know, he still is. And uh that was the band. So then we went home, and then about a month later, Viv and Jimmy came to the U.S., and that's when we started writing and rehearsing at Sound City, and the studios from the Dave Grohl movie. And uh, we we stayed there and we wrote four songs. And right across the street in the parking lot was the recording star, uh recording studio. So you had rehearsal here and recording across the parking lot. And we just drag all the gear over to the recording. When we had four songs and we go in and record four songs for Holy Diver. Then when we were done, we brought everything back to the rehearsal room and wrote four more songs. And we just went nuts at that place. It was a great time. Everybody was happy. We were all crazy, smoked a lot of pot (laughs) on that album. And, uh, and it was just a really good time in, in our careers. And that's why the album uh, reflects that, you know. But we didn't know it was going to be a classic record. We didn't know. We thought we were doing a good job. And, it's just, you know, we're doing the best we can. And it's going to be a good album. But now, you're 37 years later, it's like still out there and considered one of Rock's classic uh, heavy rock albums you know but we were just having a great time and and shows on the uh, shows in the music you know so that's how we got that together
0: well it it is absolutely tremendous 37 years it's unbelievable but uh, kind of talk about how important uh maybe that uh that last in line is for vivian obviously um he and ronnie didn't always see eye to eye on things and things kind of went off the rails a bit but you know, we've had Vivian on this show and, and he talks about how it's kind of been therapeutic for him and to relive this and just talk about the last in line. And not only for, for Vivian, but for yourself to be able to just sort of immerse in this world, but yet also be creative. Um, what's, what's, what's yeah. it been with?
1: Well, the uh, last in line just started, I, I would see Viv after we broke up and uh, he was in Def Flop, but I'd see him here and there, you know, Viv. And, uh, and then he called up one day, he said, hey, I called Jimmy, and we're up for a jam. You want a jam? One day, play some of the old stuff, it would be funny. I said, yeah, that would be great. So we, that's how we started. Just the three of us, and we had a good time, and we decided, let's do it again next week. And next, the next week, my friend Andy Freeman was in town. I invited him down, and he came down and started singing these songs, and it blew everybody away. I went, wow, this sounds hmm. great. We're having such a good time. Why don't we do some gigs? So it started from there. And uh, I think for Viv, it gets back to where he came from with the way he played. You know, um, I mean, Def Leppard's great, but it's a different style of music. And there's two guitar players in Def Leppard. Here, he's doing all the heavy lifting, as he would say. You know, he's playing the guitar, he's playing the solos, and uh, the music's a little bit more complicated. And uh, so. I think it brought him back more into his roots and he really enjoys playing it, you know, and we enjoy playing together. I mean, he, you know, I, I play kind of crazy and you know, I could see when I'm playing, I go off and do some crazy fill. I look at, can could see Viv smiling, you know, like, Oh shit, where's one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and I just love listening to him play. He's just a monster. Such such a monster, such a sound and signature, Player, you know, it's just amazing. And he plugs right into the amp. There's no pedal, there's a wah wah pedal, and then into the amp, and he gets this fattest sound that you'll ever hear on a guitar. And it's amazing. And the band's just great. Now, we started with Jimmy, he passed away. Mm-hmm. We got Phil susan who played with Ozzy, and he was like from the same era, a good friend of both Hiv and I. And then Andy Freeman, who's just an amazing, amazing new singer, you know. And, uh, and we all get along, and it's a great band. It's a, good, good, a lot of fun. So I love playing his stuff. I love the old stuff and and the new stuff we're doing too.
0: Yeah, Vivian always says that he he's um, glad to be able to to play some angry rock again, and that is certainly <laughs> the case. And um, you know, for you, I mean, Vinny, your style, you've been renowned um, your whole life as one of the heaviest hitters in in hard rock history. And kind of where does that come from? Obviously, you grow up in kind of a a, fan, a, a different family. I mean, your 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 brother uh, grows up, and I mean he's. Hits with Rod Stewart, a tremendous drummer, of course, and then, and then yourself. You guys are vastly different as players, but yet both so proficient. I mean, your style is, is heavy and hit, and it hits so hard. Where, where, did kind of, where did that come from?
1: Well, you know, I listened to Carmine, obviously. I listened to a lot of people growing up. And then uh, uh, I just really liked heavy music and, and loud. And I grew up in Brooklyn, so it was kind of a tough na- – not a tough neighborhood, but it, all Brooklyn was kind of tough. I didn't grow up in a country where, hey, let's go pick some flowers or something. You know, I grew up, I go out my door, there's all brick and concrete everywhere, a couple of trees, that was it. So that gave me more of an aggressive uh, attitude. And then uh, I watched Carmine play, and I just started a fire in me, you know. And then back in 1976, I played with Rick Eringer, and I decided, you know, I'm going to start playing really hard, but with dynamics, not... You know, I've seen a lot of drummers play and they hit hard, but it doesn't change. Every song, the snare drum's the same level. You lose the feel and the soul, you know? So I wanted to develop my power, like, way up here. Like, I can really make these drums sing, and then I can go down from there and bring it up and down. Dynamics, the most important thing. So I kept playing like that, and I really developed my stamina and my power to have uh, you know be loud but but uh tasteful you know so uh that's what i did and i play with the butt end of the sticks you know which gives me an extra heft to this to the sound and now you know it's loud but i'm not even using my arms it's all in the wrist snapping you know snap hitting those drums rim shots so i've developed uh you know kind of a sound of my own and it's powerful so that's all right with me.
0: Yeah. I, I I don't want this question to come off as smart ass in any way, but d- does it, does it become more difficult with age? Um, not
1: really. I'm not feeling, feeling too much of it now. Uh, I'm actually more uh, efficient than I was younger. I'm using more arms and mm. speed and this. And then. now, you know, I'm using the energy. I'm able to get that sound without, Putting out as much energy, I might slow down a little bit. But uh, like I'm, I was just practicing in the other room on the drum pad with this virus thing going on. <laughs> so let me set my drum pad up and get out my old drum books, you know. So I'm there doing it, working on my left hand. But you feel it a little more. You got to warm up a little more when you get older and stuff, and stretch a little. And uh, but other than that, I don't have any problems. You know, there's no back problems. Knock on wood. There's nothing you know i can't hear anymore from playing so loud but that's what the hell that's... i get closed <laughs> caption in the world <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i think we're all there at this point um uh, as fans or as musicians ourselves it's a uh, you know it sort of goes after yeah. a while um um obviously we're we're so looking forward to um to this tribute video and i can't wait for that the details are going to be announced shortly on that it's uh here we yeah. are. So it's the ten-year anniversary of Ronnie's death, and we're all just uh, thinking about him in reverence. Uh, Benny, before we let you go, we got to do, and I'm kind of intimidated to do this with you. It's our it's our final four drum rolls, what we call it, and we're doing it with the ultimate uh, hard rock drummer here. So here we go, final four. It's quick four quick questions, and you just kind of give us whatever comes to mind. Okay. Uh oh. It's, it's, it's easy. I promise. Um, so what show shows, uh, Netflix shows, if any, have you been, uh, binging during, uh, during the virus here
1: right now? I'm watching the arrow, which is good, but it's so many episodes, man. I'm still in season <laughs> one. And it's like episode 20 something. I go, holy, that's insane. And I watched the uh, Ozarks. So that was good. Uh, I can't even remember what was before that one. But, yeah, it's the only time I've actually had time to sit down and watch some of these things. We watched the whole thing of Ozark, me and my girlfriend. And uh, so it's cool, you know, because I hate commercials. Exactly. Watching – I like, believe it or not, the show Everybody Loves Raymond. (laughs) I know it's like an old 40s show. I used to laugh at my father when he was alive. He'd watch that. I go, oh, man, the senior citizens like this. Then I started watching that. It's hilarious but I can't stand these commercials and all these commercials these days, which I don't understand about these pills, medication, <laughs> you know, if you got diabetes, take this. And then the, the side effects are worse than the disease. And it's like, wait, you don't sell this stuff in the store. You have to, you can go to your doctor and go, Hey, I want uh, that stuff that's on the commercial. He's going to give it to you, but it's always the same stupid kind of commercial side. After a while, I turn it off and I put Netflix on or something, you know. I actually watched what I really love on Netflix or Prime video is uh, airplanes, right? They take a 747 and they bring it into the hangar every 16 years. They gut the whole thing and they check the whole plane out. because I like flying and stuff, you know. And it's amazing, this giant machine that they take it apart. Everything and go through it with a fine tooth comb. I watch things like that. I'm
0: That's just tremendous. Uh, disregard all of that, folks. Uh, Blue Chew is a sponsor this week, so I'm I'm just kidding. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, that's awesome. And uh, I actually live like three hours from the Lake of the Ozarks here in Missouri. And uh, just, to, just so you know, that, is, that does not necessarily represent the uh, thoughts oh, or feelings yeah. of us here in this, in this great state of Missouri. But we love the show anyway. And I love Jason Bateman. Um, okay, so question two here. What was the last show that you either played in live or attended as a fan before everything went to hell?
1: Uh, the last show I did was March 14th, which just squeaked by when everything closed. And what I do also, uh, is I have bands in different locations and we do a night of Sabbath music, right? And a little bit of Dio, but mainly Sabbath that I played and some old stuff. And I did it in Europe. I did a long tour. I was supposed to be in Europe now doing it and then South America. And I do it every every year. And I did a lot in Ohio. So my last show was with this uh, uh, band called Superstars. And we did it in Ohio at a club. And but it was on the verge of, well, we don't know if we're going to get shut down. And the night before I did a clinic at School of Rock in uh, Cincinnati also. And that was like, are we going to be able to do it. And we just were able to do it. And I met people you know, there was about 250 people at the gig and we had some uh, VIPs and I was just very careful to shake hands. We didn't shake hands. We just went, you know, hello. And when they wanted something signed, I had my own pen and glove, sign it, take a picture, not too close and nobody got sick. So that was the last show I did. And then the next day they closed everything. So I was like, yeah. I was probably the last show in Ohio maybe in the U.S. to play live.
0: That's kind of funny you bring that up. Um, I was actually on my way to a Kiss concert March, I think, 13th, when it all went down and that show got canceled. And that story you said kind of reminds me of, was, were you guys doing like a signing somewhere? And this is around 07, 08, and that, it was that crazy, that Sabbath fan shows up and he's yelling and like Geezer's got the glove on. Oh, yeah, And, yeah, he, yeah. and he's like attacking everybody. Like That's just kind of what that reminded me of. I that, just, was a,
1: that was at Best Buy. I think it was yeah. in New York City.
0: That guy's awesome, man. I love that guy. Um, okay. Question three here. What is uh, the first album you remember purchasing with your own money?
1: Uh, album. I know what the first single was. It was, uh, the beach boys. I get around, right. I bought the single first album. Hmm. That might've been uh Jimi Hendrix. Are you experienced? Believe that might've been the one. And, uh, that or Blue Cheer, a band called Blue Cheer, real heavy. Of
0: course, you know. Oh yeah, album. Uh, Summertime Power blues. For him. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, final question: What is your favorite uh, either either Dio solo or Dio era Sabbath song to perform live? Um,
1: probably Heaven and Hell.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I'm not even on the original recording. That's Bill Ward on Heaven and Hell. A lot of people think it's me, and it's just such an epic. Song, you know, big song, but there were a lot. Mob Rules is fun. Holy Diver is fun. We Rock. I got a lot of songs that I enjoy playing. But Heaven and Hell is like the epic, you know. It's like never be forgotten. That song,
0: well, very cool. It is indeed, and uh, obviously Ronnie will never be forgotten. We're thinking about him, and uh, all of you guys, all of the Dio family, kind of comes together each year, you know, during this time, and it's just such a pleasure to think about where I was. When Ronnie passed away, I was at a bar and uh, someone texted me. And to think, ten years later, um, doing this interview with you—that's pretty awesome. And that shows the power of, uh, of of the Dio family. We're all—you know, when I family. when
1: I first quick tidbit, when mm-hmm. I first met Ronnie and went down to play with Sabbath, I didn't really know any of the songs. You know, huh. I just heard Neon Nights on the radio. They go, "What do you want to <laughs> play?" I said, uh, "Neon Nights." So that was the first song I played with Ronnie. And 30-something years later in uh, uh, New Jersey, Atlantic City, we played the Hard Rock, I think it was. That was the last song I played with Ronnie. So songs song spanned the whole journey of music with Ronnie.
0: Wow, it it certainly does. And Vinny, best of luck on on everything. We hope that we get, uh, you know, Last in Line back fired up. I know you guys had a bunch of live dates coming up in may yeah. and we'll get those rescheduled hopefully things will get back to normal at some point here my friend and we'll catch you guys out there certainly at that time congratulations cool. on everything man thanks so much for doing this with us and we'll uh, thank you, you do it again soon
1: and thanks, uh you know you'll check the video out on on saturday and everybody be safe thanks for having me on including you, you. thanks,
0: thanks Benny. Benny. what a pleasure it was to um do that with vinnie again the video of that interview, which we recorded via a Zoom call, is available on our website, ignitroentertainment.com. Yes, the Music Media podcast is now a part of Ignitro Entertainment, uh, where you can go to get um, all things nostalgia, hard rock, pro wrestling, We kind of just lumped all of our um, entertainment stuff into one website, one-stop shop, so go check out our website, Ignitro Entertainment, that's where you can get um, our Music Mania articles now, and uh, the podcast is all linked there, including the video, uh, which was done uh, just a couple days ago, we recorded with Vinny, and uh, it's tremendous, just... To hear those stories about um, that Vinnie was telling about fans waiting outside and him bringing them inside the theater, signing all their autographs, remembering fans' names years later—that is, I've never heard of that in my life. And I think that that speaks to the kind of person that Ronnie was. Now I know not everybody saw eye to eye with Ronnie. I mean, he was uh, someone very dedicated, and he and uh, Vivian Campbell certainly had a falling out. And Vivian was a tremendous guitarists, especially you know those first two uh, Dio albums, Holy Diver and The Last in Line, are of course just absolute metal classics. And uh, for whatever reason, that didn't work out, and uh, the the two had unfortunately been verbally sparring in the media prior to Ronnie's death. And so Vivian, being a part of The Last in Line, you know, he's been on this show before talking about how it's good to play angry rock again. You know he's been in Def Leppard for so long, and what a great gig that is. But to be back playing more complex tracks, you know, like um, Vinny was talking about, uh, it's got to be a little bit of therapy, you know, for for Vivian to kind of put that feud he had with Ronnie to rest now that Ronnie is no longer with us. So we hope that you guys are going to be celebrating in some way the life and career of Ronnie James Dio this week, blasting your favorite uh, Dio or Sabbath album, and just uh, hopefully you guys are all doing great. We're going to get through this crap together. We're going to come out the other side, and hopefully there'll be a lot more rocking to do as we springboard here into the spring and summer months here on the Music Media podcast. We hope that you're at least going to be able to get outside, enjoy some beverages, enjoy your friends, enjoy the outdoors and the weather here in the coming weeks and months. Even if we can't enjoy live music yet, it will come back at some point. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Again, our website, ignitroentertainment.com. We always appreciate you hitting that uh, subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Any way you choose to take in the show, we always appreciate it. And we appreciate a star rating and a review. If you have the time, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Music Mania Podcast and we've always got your back. Lots more interviews. We are backlogged with interviews here on the Music Mania Podcast. Your money stays in place with us all summer long.